0: Hey everyone, I'm Wa. And I'm Chris, and welcome to Docu Sweeties. We're two longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and Docu
1: series. Sure, but through our own lens, which is tickled by whatever we're feeling that day and the traumas we've lived through in our lives. And we're trying to make sense of it all for you at the same time, remaining steadfast in our desire to bring you at the end of the day, some warmth and some sweetness. Hi! Wally looks at me do that. You should see Waz's face, which I did my intro. She's just like, bitch, what are you going to do? What are you saying? Where is this going? Where is it going? Why can't you just... Say it the way you're supposed to say it every time. Yeah. You know, I know. But sometimes I like to think that people want a little, you know, a little surprise. And also, I don't know. I, I have a tendency to want to just talk. And at the end of the day, hope that it makes sense at the end. Today we'll be talking about 90 Day Fiancé. We are Happily Ever After. We are season seven. We're episode three. And this one was called Don't Take Me For Granted. Like you, Wah, don't take my improbability for granted.
0: Okay, I won't going forward. So you guys, this was an okay episode. It's episode three. And we know we have 16 weeks of this. So let's just jump right in. The stars of this episode were definitely Kim and Usman. So Chris, if you don't mind, can we just start with Jenny and Sumit because they were so short and just get it done with? Yep. Okay. So first couple that we are going to talk about is my favorite, Jenny and Sumit. I can't find a picture of them right now, but you know what they look like. There they are. Jenny and Sumit. So it's the night after the disaster with his family. And we have Jenny apologizing to Sumit because now that she realizes what happened and why that man went to walk his parents out as he should, that her reaction was completely inappropriate and unsupportive of him in a time when he was losing his family for her mm-hmm. and so she's like you've done that to me before and i just knew that you were leaving and never coming back but then my thought was jenny he did come back he came back and then looked at you and you didn't say hey what just happened you just started hollering at him and like warbling and so then he's like do i have to pamper you every time And you're just like, get away from me. And like, like he like it was just it turned into like a weird pseudo domestic violence situation for absolutely no reason. But she's there with a yellow, you know, tunic and a long red skirt and some beautiful like slippers. And they're having a walk. And his heart is broken because he's literally
1: lost his family. So he.
0: Just wanted to say,
1: she feels bad. She feels like, you know, she threw off the, she got off the handle. She threw up, I don't know what that, what did they say? She threw off the handle? No, she flew flew off the handle, which she did. And she said some crazy ass shit, which is, I never want to see you again. And she like really screamed her like Muppet head off at that situation. I mean... And he just didn't want to have to pamper her in that moment. He himself wanted to be pampered. And then he starts kind of waxing poetic, like, I needed a wife, and, like, you weren't being a good wife at that time, and, you know, and a good relationship has to be support. You know, when he said that in the confession, I was like, oh, that's, like, telling. Like, are you feeling like, you know, you might be thinking that this isn't a good relationship? It's just interesting, he because they've been together for 10 years. Also, it's crazy to me also that he's so heartbroken because he thought he would, this is what he says, that he would never have to choose between Jenny and his family, which is weird because we've been knowing since their first season on the show that that's exactly what he had to do the entire time. And Jenny's also like, it's been 10 years. Just just do it. Just get over it. Like, yes, they. that's what you have to do. Like...
0: Well, you know, and it hasn't been a solid 10 years of them being in a relationship. Like I mean, it has, but not to the family. Like so what it was is they were talking for X amount of years, and then Jenny came to India, met the family under the guise of being like a friend or whatever, and she got along well with with everyone. And then she went home and I think he then told them that you know, he was in love with Jenny and he wanted to marry her. So they immediately then got him married to someone. And so in order to be a good son, he married that person and then he was married to that person for two years before Jenny actually found out that he was married to that person. And it, and then how it happened is that she actually went to India again and his family came and removed him from their home, like very like crazy and loud and yelling and like removed him. So she didn't know what to do. So she had to fly back to America. So she came to America to commiserate and then she had to go back to India again. And then they like shunned her and wouldn't talk to her. So then she went back to the U S like, this has been like a, a, this has been, yes, they have been together for 10 years and they have been knowing each other for 10 years, but like, it's really the last three, that have been the most i think impactful for the parents Mm -hmm. and so two of which or you know one of which he was actually married to somebody else and so each time they're thinking that they're doing things to get her out of the way and each time they're not i mean this mother has prayed for jenny's demise every night Mm -hmm. so like yes jenny is right he just needs to put his foot down but For someone who's delusional like Deontay and like a lot of these other delusional people we see on this show, like you you just want what you want really bad. And stories tell us that if you just wish the hardest, you'll get it. And the truth is, is that this is what it's come down to. His his mother has done the final tactic, which is telling him that he cannot come to her funeral, which is like heartbreaking. And he says, you know, people are not understanding the Indian family dynamic like without their love. My life is going to be very hard. And as Americans, we will never understand it. But I think as human beings, we have to truly. And I think Jenny, as the person who's chosen to spend her life with him, she's got to just give into the fact that Sumit is going to feel like this for the rest of his life. And we keep telling him to get over it and move on. But the, the truth is, is that they're in his country They can't, I I feel like the best thing would be for actually to submit to come to the US and then he would have a plausible like deniability or he would have an actual reason to like, you know, truly not feel the love of his family, but he's never left his home base. And so the truth is, is like, how could you expect him to just get over it and move on when he's still living in the environment that is going to shun him for dishonoring his family? His friends are going to shun him. No one is going to understand his choice to be with this woman who cannot provide children for him over the love and support and
1: dedication of his family. I get that we'll never understand it. It's funny, though, because his friends already know that he's with Jenny. Like, he has told his friends. Like, his friends know that he's in love with Jenny and that that he's made this choice. But, you know, so... It is so interesting of like, in what ways does the society know and shun you because your parents don't agree, even if they know society that you were in fact with Jenny because he's going to bring her around. I mean, you you can't just like spend 20 years next to someone and then for people not to understand that you're like banging that person.
0: Yeah.
1: (sighs) Okay. What couple would you like to move on to? Let's
0: move on to another short couple, which is Shida and Bilal. So with these two... You know, they just got added to the season in the last minute. So we're hot off the presses of them having the argument with Shahida. And it was very polarizing on our Instagram what people felt about, you know, them. And he's been ignoring her. He's not been speaking to Shida. So she wants to wake up the next morning and make him the most interesting breakfast I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. So we have a scene of this man sitting in bed reading the Quran, which has a very many bookmarks in it. I mean... He is a, a, I wonder what the purple ones indicate is like the purple one indicate like everything the Quran says about marriage. And maybe the blue ones is everything the Quran says about like children. And then like, you know, on the other page, he probably has some like orange ones and maybe that's everything the Quran says about family and wealth. I don't know, but he's, he's a studier of the Quran. And so he gets brought breakfast in bed and she gives him tea, honey, and like three grapes. And I just don't get
1: it. I don't get it. Perfect. Yeah. Like the the great. Okay. First of all, I wonder if this is like a, okay. Cause I'm not super familiar with like the Muslim faith. I wonder if it's something like a pre breakfast where you have to like break your fast with something sweet, you know, like as opposed to like a whole ass, like, you know, overnight oat situation. But what was mm-hmm. interesting is that the grapes that she gave him, like, you could tell that someone had just been picking grapes out of a, out of a, a stack of them. And then she grabbed the cloister that was left. There's just like a lot of like empty studs on that, on those grapes. I don't know, <laughs> empty studs. But they have this conversation where basically Bilal says, listen, you are my wife and I expect you at all time to be a good Muslimizma." Muslim, there's a word that means like Muslim woman, Muslim woman. So, um, and he's like, you came in hot. Like the minute she sat down, you wanted to prove a point. And let me just tell you, like, I married her for a reason. She's not an all bad person. And Shida at first is like, no, uh, when she came into my home, she came in hot. You know, like I really did feel like Shida had taken that instance and like sat on it and festered in it so much. And then like, kind of like went down a spiraling rabbit hole of like, it was my house and she was a bully and she bullied me in my home. And this is how it's going to be. And Bilal wasn't there and no one was there to protect me. And I was embarrassed because it was either on TV or maybe look weak. Or she said that I didn't have anything going on with my life when I did like, you know, like obviously things that she had said kind of cut her to a core. And then she just like, marinated in it. And so I think for Shai, when this scene happened, she's like, thank God, a I'm, we're now married. B, he's sitting right beside me. And so C, you're going to sit down, you're going to apologize. And when Shahida didn't, it was like Shida felt like she had all the authority in the world to take this woman to task. Then Bilal wants to be like, no, your task was to support me and maintain peace. And it's not what you did. Well,
0: yeah, I, that w- what a great summation of what happened. I, I would agree with that. I think that could be, which is why I don't trust, you know, Shida and her version of what happened. I mean, mainly because I also saw it. Um, but, like, he also, what I didn't like in this scene is that he came at her like she was a wayward high school child who, like, who just needs to be taught the lesson of keep your side of the street clean regardless. And I felt like that wasn't fair because he, like, He says, you can't let other people dictate your behavior. And I'm like, that's something you tell like a a high schooler of like, hey, you know, just because she yelled and pulled your hair doesn't mean that you needed to yell back and push her. Like you need to take responsibility for what you did. And it's like, that's not the point. Can you acknowledge that this person pulled my hair and did it? And can you acknowledge that those were fighting words. Can you acknowledge that you know these things happened to me? And then maybe I can like acknowledge what I did, but can you as my life partner acknowledge? And he refuses to. He, he like doesn't want to hear any slander against Shahida. And he also like wants, doesn't even want to talk about Shahida's portion of it. Just wants to talk about her portion of it, which I get, but I think there needs to be some kind of validation that she requires from him of like, yes, Shahida did get upset very quickly but also you didn't have to feed into it, you know? Yeah, That would have helped. Also, she's like, Bilal, I'm dealing with a bully. And he, she whispers it to him as though she doesn't have a, a mic on. And then I also thought, I was like, you know you're not gonna win this argument, right? That like, he's not gonna turn against his wife. The thing he's mad at her for is giving up on, the, on him and their marriage. He's not mad at her for anything else. Like he likes Shahida, they have a friendship. So you're not gonna come in here and like call her a bully when he knows that she's not one. Like that is just, it, that just is what it is. So she needs to change up her, she needs to change up her story and wants her to, re, to re, be, behave like a dignified Muslim woman. And then she's like, okay, well, I guess I'll take responsibility for what it, for what I did. And I just wanna squash this. Again, this is her swallowing what to me she doesn't necessarily need to swallow. Cause I understand why he's mad. But her him just holding her on or expecting her to live on this pedestal that it's impossible to live on and that it also isn't healthy for her. Like, I don't I just that's the one thing for me with organized religion. And this is all religions is this idea that the women specifically need to behave in a certain manner that's indicative of whatever household they're trying to create. Right? So Bilal could get upset in the heat of business or Bilal could get upset. But if he gets upset, it's justified because he's the man. And so he knows better. But a woman must always make it's like, stay, stay sweet, pray and obey. It's that sentiment that I don't like. She's having feelings, hear her out, and then be like, babe, I understand that's how you feel. I will acknowledge that Shahida did you know, did act too much, especially when she was talking about where she was from as though she was going to fight you. That was wildly inappropriate. But here's what I need from you just because this is a precarious situation. I just need for you the next time this happens, it's for you to just remain calm and not say anything and just let me handle it. Okay, I do, I'm sorry that th- this situation happened. That's what he needed to do. He didn't support her in this moment. And then we could tell that she was going through something because this m- woman got up in that morning and put her makeup on and decided
1: violence. What is happening... On, on the top of her eye, Chris. Yeah, it's confusing because this whole time we've seen like nothing but perfection when it comes to her makeup. But it's like she, yeah, she decided to put really dark eyeshadow. I mean, uh, up, up. um What is that part of the eye called, Wah? It's like, so it's not the crease. It's above the crease.
0: So it's, it's not only does she put it not truly in the crease, like not low enough. She also like put it up to her, to, on her brow bone. So it's, it's all the way up. there. There's no space for anything. And it looks like she put it on with a wet brush. And so it just didn't like
1: apply evenly or blend well. Yeah. Like she didn't put it on with like a fluffy ass fluttery brush. It either was like wet, like wasset said, or like short and stubby where it just puts the color there and there's no like moving it around. And like it, 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 it was confusing. No, this part was confusing in a, in a lot of different ways for us. Yeah. Yeah, it really ends with them being like, are we good? And inshallah, which means God willing. It doesn't mean yes. Yeah, Uh, it does not mean yes.
0: It was like,
1: are we good? Well, inshallah. Inshallah. Let's see. Let's see what God wants. But yeah, Yeah. it was so confusing. And, you know, I just, I... It was a short scene, so they didn't really want to give us much of them, which is fine. They also didn't want to give us any of Libby and Andre, which you know, which is I guess I guess fine because they did give us Angela and Michael this episode for the first time. And I mean, listen, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, just you know, we're not going to ever be talking about Ed and whoever Ed's with. So I that person those that couple should just be taken off completely, and we should just never have to like cycle through this many couples. Do you let's want to move talk on? about Michael um, and Angela since they yeah. were pretty short? Yeah. So uh, let's start with Angela, honey. Now, Angela, we haven't seen on an actual episode of None of Fiance or Happily Ever After or whatever. In oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's actually them. Sorry. So she looks different. Like, obviously, we've seen her on any of the streaming Woody Knots Knots, but it's been a minute. So this is the first time we picked up with her since we saw that she got weight loss surgery and she got the boobies done. And it was like that situation. And now fast forward to now. So she wants us to know that she's just like, you know, changed her life, honey. She's trying yoga. You know, like, look at her in yoga. I mean, she has uh, very interesting nails. Well,
0: Either it's the 4th of July or she's a racist. Like, there's no reason for any American person to get the flag on their nails outside of the 4th of July, uh, personally, unless I don't know what's going on. Like, I was <laughs> I was on TikTok, and you may not agree with me because you and I have vastly different opinions about this. But I was on TikTok, and Somebody was like, whenever I walk down a street and I see a bunch of flags from different countries, I'm like, okay, this is a safe space. But if I walk down the street and I see a bunch of American flags, like I'm a little scared. And that is the way I feel when people wear the flag outside of a holiday. Like, I'm just like, what are you, wh- why, what's happening? What's happening? Because usually, like, this is kind of, you know, being a person of color in this country, it's taken on a different meaning now. It's like, it first of all, it doesn't mean to me what I think it means to like white people, but it also or like people who are like in the military, but it also like makes me feel like, yeah, we know where we are. Thanks. Like, why are you, why do you have all these flags at? like, are you, who are you trying to like, what What's happening anyway? So she's got her um, America flag nails and she's in yoga and it's hilarious to hear yoga in a Southern accent. I mean, it just feels like out of, out of time, out of place, but they're there and she's acting a whole fool. I mean, these are at least some fancy Southerners. And here she is just like, uh, uh, uh." and then she goes to get something to drink and it's a full Coca-Cola. And they're like, well, we usually drink water, which I thought was snooty. Okay. Snooty and rude. But also her response is, this is my water. And I said, bitch, you deserve every single tooth from your face to fall out. You just paid X amount of money to get your teeth redone. And there you are drinking Coca-Cola. Listen, I get it. Food is hard to let go of, but you got to let go of the, the Coke.
1: A cola. <laughs> yeah. And just want, want to make sure that we're like making that clear. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Angela didn't have to be like, y'all, can I have a sip of water? Like just girl, just, just take a sip, you know, like that would felt like a little setup, you know, like, yeah, because I'm someone who's taken many yoga class and when you have to drink water, no one's like, excuse me, ma'am, can you stop everything so that I can have a break and drink my water? You know, like, nope, you sip, you sip it and like, keep going or whatever. So, you know, Angela like basically did like two moves and suddenly the whole thing was done. And it was like, okay, we'll talk about what namaste means. And Angela doesn't know what namaste means. And it was like, I, you know, I, it's also her first yoga class, which we learned. The woman's like, let me come over and teach you about them yoga. Like, we'll sit, look, when you're doing this pose, sit on the block. And she's like, oh, I feel the relief, you know. <laughs> I'm happy that Angela is doing yoga, but I will say that I feel like she's probably never going to take another class. And I think this class she took was only for the TV because of what we know of Angela and she had this weight loss surgery my loves and i do not believe that she has taken the appropriate steps necessary to maintain the lifestyle change that uh, that this surgery dictates which is a weird all-encompassing surgery where you have to like also then go to therapy and you also like have to not do things like smoke cigarettes you know like because it's a they tell you when you have weight loss surgery that you could easily get addicted to other things and or other things Other addictions become more prominent, which because if you have a naturally addictive personality or use food to comfort yourself, or you have anxiety and food is like, you know, one of your self-medication techniques without the capacity to stuff your face, which I'm not saying in a mean way, there's something about filling a void that, you know, self-medication gives you without that, other things can become louder, you know? So anyway, having said that, I've not seen one moment where I think this woman has like taking those lifestyle choices. But she said she lost 100 pounds. I think she has. Uh, you know, when you have the surgery, you can lose a bunch of weight. And if you don't put those steps in place, that weight can come back on. And you know what? I really want the best for anyone and, and their health, even someone who has questionable morales like Angela. And I will just say this, you know, I I am I'm someone who had the surgery, so I can like, speak from experience. God bless. Wow. Well,
0: yeah, I've actually known somebody who I knew them and they were heavier and this was after they had gained the weight back from the surgery they had had like 3 years prior. And it wasn't until like I was watching some kind of YouTube video of her where she was like, "Yeah, so in 2009 I had weight loss surgery and I was like, yeah. Shit, she gained it all back."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so like and it's it just it was just such an interesting thing. So I know people who it, it has happened to. Mhm. Yeah, so Angela's just feeling herself right now, but she's also just a very unhealthy person. And I mean, just mentally, she's also crazy. I think that Angela thrives off of chaos. Like, I feel like even if things were all going well in her life, like she's going to find something to be angry about or she's going to find something to be, you know, to rant about. And so in this one, it's like Michael isn't supporting her, that he didn't support her with her boob job reduction, he didn't support her with the surgery. And he was being very unhusband like with her, which part of me is like, is that true? Maybe, I don't know. But also I'm like, Angela, you're such a horrible person that like, I wouldn't blame him if he was just a little, you know, feeling a certain type of ways. And maybe it's all because of money. Now she's making it seem like he is now somebody who is just like being not himself. I, and here's the truth. He didn't want her to have the surgery. He didn't want to have her to have the breast reduction. Now he's acting up. He hasn't really... He doesn't talk to her very much for the last five months. And when he does call, he's asking about the visa. And he's asking about uh, her sending him money. Now, she did tell him not to have a job. So because she didn't want him to, like, I don't know, meet bitches or, like, whatever. Yeah. She wanted to have control over him. Yeah. She says it's for other reasons. But there's no reason that you would actually tell your man to not work so that you could work slave away in the U.S. and send him money yeah. for his car and stuff. And so she then is now... And she's always she's always not practiced what she's preached. Like she's had an Instagram, but she didn't want him to have an Instagram. So he mm-hmm. just popped his Instagram back up and that's made her very upset because of jealousy reasons. And she really feels like because she's jealous that he needs to then accommodate her jealousy by not having an Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so then, she, you know, but she's always flirting. She flirt with the doctor. She flirt with anybody she can flirt with on camera. So imagine what she's doing off camera. Now she's found this man named Billy who is filling the void that Michael can't fill. And Billy is just—he's just a leech. He doesn't want Angela. Nobody wants Angela.
1: Yeah, I mean, he/she calls this Billy person that she met—I don't know—on the TikTok because they do dancing videos, and she like calls him. She's like, "Hi, babe!" <laughs> you know, it's like so loud, "Hi, babe!" You know, like I can't even. And he, we learned that this Billy person from Can- Billy from Canada. Was a stripper in the 80s, and I mean, got- which was so long
0: ago, Chris. Like, it's crazy. Listen, I was born in the 80s, okay, and to then talk about somebody being a stripper from the 80s like that is even relevant at all is fucking bananas. That's like being like, I- hi, sweet baby, remember when you was a stripper
1: in the 70s. <laughs> Like, I, what makes me think though at least he's older like i was like oh then he's older and he does look good oh yeah the line is there's that sexy baby that's yeah, what it is, which yeah, i'm gonna yeah. now every time you call me out that's what i'll say to you okay <laughs> there's that sexy, baby.
0: That, that my sexy baby it looks like just her teeth are about to fall out every time she like explodes i imagine when she speaks there's just spit coming out
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No. Yeah. So we get to hear like Billy and her converse and, you know, he's obviously using her for TikTok views, which is like the LOLiest, you know, because like, let's do another TikTok. Like I'm a hundred percent sure that like, you can't wait to what dance with this woman who can't barely move. I mean, you know what I'm saying? At all. So he's talking to her and she's like, I have something to say. Um, it's a little embarrassing But what would you think if I came on down to Canada? And he's like, come up, come up to Canada. (laughs) I mean, come up to Canada. And then she's like, I'm going to have to bring a lot of bills, you know, to like see you dance. And like this man's like, make them 20s. Yeah.
0: This man is also like, I don't do that anymore. I'm a painter right now. I just dance for fun. I just dance for fun on TikTok, and I think he's from Quebec. I think he's a Quebecois just because of his accent. He's he's giving like a little bit of an accent, and I'm also like, you know, that he could just come down to the U.S. Like, why is it that you want to spend money to go up there to him? Like, he he could just he just come. There's no he could just like where's he gonna stay
1: with all the grandkids? Like the yeah,
0: you mean all of Michael's grandchildren? (laughs) When she called them grandchildren, Michael's grandchildren. I was like,
1: ma'am, them not his grandchildren. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so then okay. So she meets with her lawyer and they talk about the fact that, you know, it listen, lawyer, that, Lou. App- that application's been in there. So like at this point, it could come in at any time that he can get that visa, you know? And so whatever you're planning on doing, like if you think that you don't want to be with him, let's gotta pull the petition because, you know, then he could get it and then he could be here. And she's like, ooh. <gasps> You know, and then we also learned like one of the shitty things that happened was that he had asked for money and she was like, no, I got to give it to our grandchildren. And he's like, okay. Then he put up his Instagram and it was like mild extortion, like either give me the money or this Instagram is going to be up or something like that. Yeah.
0: She's, he's like, I'll take down the Instagram if you send me 5k. Yeah. And In what scenario? Yeah. It, okay so either either angela has gotten a decent amount of money from all the things that she's done with this show in order yeah. to just have 5k on, on deck yeah which is like great good for her but also like the extortion is dumb because literally all she has to do is keep up that damn instagram i don't care i'm not sending you 5k like what it is that he's asking her for in exchange is so stupid That for her to be like, he's now trying to extort money out of me. Like, Angela, the fact that you care so much about this Instagram, when you are out here doing God knows what with God knows who in your DMs is crazy.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, first of all, I have this picture of her too when she's really upset. Usman, I want to say, was the one that said something along the lines of that Angela is holding money over Michael, specifically his half of the cameo money that they do together. That she has been, whatever sketchy with that kind of money. So I think that whether that's going to play out, either like on more social media stuff or you know, in the series, they never talk about cameo in the series. They never talk about their influencer brands. Like we're not supposed to ever know about any of that. We're supposed mm-hmm. to think just like the poorest of the poor, and then mm-hmm. suddenly they have Porsches. Which, yeah. by the way, if you're following uh, anyone on Instagram, I'll tell you that Miona just posted that you got a brand new Porsche. And I was like this after you couldn't leave his parents' house last month, you know, whatever God bless. Interesting. So yeah, money is rolling in and we just like, can't ever talk about it anyway. So, uh, yeah, that's all I have for them. Yeah. I mean,
0: I just think that you're, you're absolutely right. If there's some kind of shady business with the cameo money, then it would make sense that he's asking for 5k or he's asking for money at all because, he he's done work and she's probably not given him his fair share on the auspice of like, I'm taking care of everything here. And when you get here, then you'll have the fruits of that labor. No, when he gets there, he'll just be in hell. All right. Next couple that we're going to talk about. Let's just go with Yara and Jovi. Mm -hmm. We'll just save Kim Bali for last. Got it. So we've got Yara and Jovi, and in this episode, Yara gets her green card interview, and so they're very excited about it. But first, they go to meet Mrs. Gwen, which, Mm -hmm. why won't they just tell this woman it's Miss Gwen? I mean, it is Mrs. She is
1: married, but it's, like, weird that it's, like, it's just weird. Why is it Mama Gwen? You know, like, I think it's weird. Why, yeah, why, if I'm married to someone, why do I have to call his mother misses something
0: when I just call her mom I think it might be just like um, oh I wouldn't I can't even imagine
1: calling somebody like my parent-in-law mom well, what would you, you think that if you okay you think that if you're if you're with someone like and you're married you what are you gonna think you're gonna call that person's mom I would call them Miss Deborah.
0: yeah yeah I would do that I it makes sense to say that to say like so Miss Deborah. Debra. Yeah. But like, it, it. I don't know, it wouldn't be mom, you know, like that. It would be like, yeah, no, it wouldn't. I'm trying to think like, what is my, my, my mother called my grandmother Ma, which is, I mean, yeah. Which is my father's mother. Yes, he, she did. But also they were together when my mom was 23. So to me that makes a little bit more sense. This golden age, like I would, call, I would not call another, I would not be like, Hey mom. Or maybe if I did, it would be something specific to me. It wouldn't be what her real kids call her. And maybe like mama Jean, like what you just said, it might be something like that. Definitely. But miss or Missy Deborah, like I would do that too. I just think it's like, stop calling her Mrs. <laughs> MR, MRS. Like it just, it was just weird. Um, and maybe, maybe in Ukraine, maybe that's what they call their in-laws, but just, you know, maybe maybe it's cultural for her but they go and meet because jovi who's a single kid i mean you could speak more about this than i could can but i think that when you are a single child or an only child you have a very from what i've witnessed from different single children in my life
1: what are you gonna say what are you gonna say about their, their
0: relationship with their parents is a is a lot different than if there's multiple children. Because it's just a lot of that one on one time, usually the relationship is a little bit more loosey goosey is the is a weird way to say it. it's a little bit more less formal or closer in a like brother sister or sister sister thing. It's a different dynamic because you just have that person. And so I feel like you know, from Gwen's perspective, she's like, you just blew up on me. And and I'm like, the only reason why Jovi would feel comfortable just blowing up on his mother like that, like that's that's to me a single kid thing, like to just like blow up on, on a parent and not talk to them for six months. Like, like I, I couldn't do that because it, my reaction would then leak onto my siblings. And so there's like this unspoken rule between siblings that we just don't do things to like get everybody in trouble. <laughs> you know, we just like... We, we can't just like do whatever because there's other people involved in that person's life that could be ill affected by that relationship. And so it hurts me to hear that he like blew up on his mom about this and that mm-hmm. she was, she felt like completely blindsided by this. It's like, how, wh- why, why didn't you just tell her like, Hey, this is what I want. And then so the whole time Mrs. Gwynn is thinking that Yara is low key talking shit about her to Jovi and she's not aware that Yara wants more support from her. And so it just feels irresponsible for Jovi to just come at his mom like that without mm-hmm. like truly understanding both sides of it. Because I could see how, how Gwen could feel very betrayed
1: by both of them. Right. So we are on a boat, honey. They go to a boat to have this conversation. It's very bright outside. Everyone has sunglasses. The boat is called the Creole Queen. Mm-hmm. Beyonce? Mm-hmm. No, it's a boat. But on this boat, they're kind of sit down. It's very awkward. Jovi does the one thing that Jovi knows how to do, which is go get drinks. Uh, brings drinks to his mom, to Jovi. I'm sorry, he brings drinks to his mom, to Yara. Maybe a drink for Mila. I'm not quite sure. Um, and then Gwen has to be the one that's like, this is hella awkward. Like we just talk about the fact that like, I haven't seen you in six months. And Jovi's like, yeah, basically I came home after being gone and you know, Yara had expressed that you hadn't come that whole time and how stressed out she was and how alone she was feeling. And I, I blew up and I took out a lot of anger on you. He definitely isn't, he's definitely not afraid of also throwing Yara underneath the bus because the truth of the matter is, If Yara talks to you about your mom, you're not supposed to go talk to your mom and be like, I'm saying this because of Yara. Like you're supposed to either in that moment with Yara, make the decision that Yara's right. And your mom has some different behavior to focus on, or that your mother is who she is. And that you got to now tell Yara, well, we shouldn't expect this from her. She's not the kind of blah, 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 and then we'll get a nanny for you. But he made the choice that Yara was right. Right? So then he goes and tells his mom, blows up at the mom and whatever. They have a very simple conversation where the mom is just basically like, I love being a grandmother, but I'm nobody's nanny. And this is the cultural divide, I think, between Yara and the Ukraine or some other ethnic populations that, that have like a community mentality when it comes or a village, takes a village to raise, raise a child, that kind of thing where families are very close. There's probably a lot of family dinners, it's, you know, probably during the holidays or during birthdays, or probably there's a lot of kids running around. It's just a different thing. That kind of environment, that kind of culture, that kind of family is different. Jovi's an only child. So as we say, Miss Gwen says this, which is like, yeah, I can be around Mila, you know, like for sure, but I'm not trying to come and take over childcare responsibilities. And listen... Everyone can make whatever choice they want to make. And I think now that we hear this, we realize that like, that's not where her mentality is or her mindset. And Yara says over and over again, that Miss Gwen is a great mother-in-law, but is a different grandmother than she thought she was going to be, you know? And it makes me sad, A, because I think that I think that it's so lovely to have a really close relationship with your grandmother and or grandfather. And that this time that Myla is like, where she is right now is like a very cute time, right? Like she's not gonna be a baby for a long time or like a running around toddler. Also, I do feel for Yara because, you know, Miss Gwen also realizes this person has no one no one. This person is from a different country. All she has is like two friends that we just met and like, we don't trust them with a baby, not one. And like, she has no one. She doesn't have her parents. There might be like a war happening where her parents live. You know, like it makes me a little like, come on, Gwen, come on. You can like, you should, you should be checking in like once a week and being like, especially if you know your son's gone to be like, now that Joby's gone for this month, you know, let me come up and like, support and hang out with you and whatnot. You know, I think for me, it would be a kind of more graceful, eloquent, loving mood and having this, like, I'm nobody's nanny idea. It's like, look, that's your choice. You aren't anybody's nanny and you do live three hours away, but also like, what are you doing? Like you have one child, you have Jovi. It is, I mean, you might have a job, but I don't even know if you do. I feel like you probably don't. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, her Cajun accent came out more in this conversation I've heard the whole entire last two seasons of them. And mm-hmm. I loved it, but so, I do agree. Like the the soundbite says I ain't nobody's nanny, but it is, it is she does go, does go on to say, I thought that Yara and I had the conversation or the kind of relationship that would be where she would just call me and tell me if she was struggling. And so like, you know, she maybe has this kind of idea that Yara doesn't need her support. And Yara is all over here like, I miss my friend. I miss Gwen coming and talking and she's like you know i would love if if you know she could stay for a week as opposed to just coming over for dinner and then we go out to eat and then she has cute time with the baby and then she goes home i would love you know just for, for more support but yeah i do think that jovi was wrong for absolutely throwing yara under the bus as though like you know yara was the one who put him up to it and i i think they came to some kind of resolution and gwen was like i didn't know that that's what was expected of me I did not know that. And I'm like, that's so interesting. It's so interesting that that, you know, because I feel like she does come from that kind of culture. Like, I don't know. I, she's like very Cajun. Like I feel like when you have like subcultures in the U S usually because of the culture and trying to keep the family going, they, they tend to be kind of insular, but you know, maybe miss Gwen is just like, Hey, I haven't been around a kid in a long time. And like Yara seems like she's got it. She moved, you know, three hours away in the opposite direction. So maybe she does want to be by herself. Not sure. But Yara did say that, like, you know, if it were her mother, she would have to, like, kick her mother out. Like, she would Mm -hmm. have to be like, no, you got to go. And then we see her mother. And I'm like, that that does look like a mom that would want to not only just want to be around the kids the whole time, especially because when Yara tells us about her childhood and how her mother had to do what she had to do to survive and work, it's it's it it would seem that she's just like ready for to be the parent she couldn't be to her grandchildren that she couldn't be to her actual children so the next scene that we have once they have that resolution and milo stops crying and goes to sleep is that yara has gotten her green card and first joey makes it seem like you know something is afoot and it scares her to death and she's gotten her green card interview sorry and then they start to talk about the things that they know about each other and <laughs> She's like, what's my favorite color? And he says the color that I think it would be, which is pink or some other pastel color. And this woman says that her favorite color is
1: beige. I get it. Oh, I I felt that. Oh, tell us more. Oh my God, I'm li- like it's a neutral newt. She wears it all the time. She's right. She was wearing it at the Creole. She wear she wore a full beige like lounge thing with like another like tan kind of slightly obviously beiger tan color backpack the woman loves a nooch honey And i think beige is so classy i love taupe i love beige i love tan i love a caramel you know but like any color like that i'm like happy to wear like head to toe it's not my favorite color obviously my favorite color is gold you know we know that but if it wasn't gold i could see myself liking a beige you couldn't see yourself being a pink Uh, You know, over pink, no. I have a thing, I have a momentary fascination with neon coral, which could be considered pink, but like it's a very specific pink and I wouldn't be wearing it all the time. And if I found it, I'd be very happy about it. I like, I like neon pinks maybe, but like, for instance, you're watching this on Patreon right now. Oh my God, there's a Patreon? Yes, tell you about it. I will. $10 will give you full streaming access to every one of these podcasts with our beautiful faces. And by beautiful, I mean, I have no makeup on. I'm so sorry about that. But also pictures we put up the cast. We have a pink and yellow like thing. It's fine. You know, these colors are fine, you know, but at the same time, it's not beige. Yeah, I love this conversation when they're like, we have to prove that we're, you know, we're an actual couple, like, in this thing, Milo's not going to do it for us. we got to, like, answer these dumbass questions. What's your favorite food? And she's like, well, yours is chicken parmesan. What's mine? He's like, salad. She's like, there's a billion salads." He's like, grilled chicken Caesar, which I thought was very astute. He was just like, what does this bitch usually order? Grilled chicken Caesars, you know?
0: You know what? But it's it's crazy, because that sounds like the K-1 visa thing. Like, the green card one is not that. So they were going on and on. And I was like, you guys, you already had this conversation when you got your K-1 visa to come here. But it's funny that they don't know that, that I I think it's crazy that her favorite color is beige. That's so weird. What's your favorite color? Oh, yours is purple.
1: Yeah. Okay. And your favorite food is ramen.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Also, no. Yes. That's my favorite food that I can like get out in a boot. But like my favorite food, like what I could eat every day would be oxtails. Oh, you whenever, have- yeah. Whenever oh. my family's like, what do you want? I'm like, who's making the oxtails? So, why? Like, you know, I used to love my dad's and then I like switched to my mom's and now So Why's is the best. Wow. So Why's food is the best of everybody's food.
1: <gasps> oh, she's a great cook. Your dad is also, but your dad's also a great cook. I mean, one time I had him cut onions and they were like done by like a Michelin star chef. They were like so <laughs> beautifully uniformed. Well, you know, you know what my favorite food is? stuffed grape leaves no macaroni and cheese okay i didn't know that or taco bell i guess
0: okay i'm talking well home-cooked what's your favorite home-cooked meal or like meal that you can make at home because your macaroni and cheese is crafts like that's not to me real macaroni and cheese so like let me try that yeah okay i could see that
1: which is uh, like a onion lentil rice dish from the levant but it's like very simple it's like like they would call it like probably like peasant food because it's like not nary any meat to it at it's all. It's so
0: simple and it's so good. And every time I make it, I think to myself, how does this have flavor when it's literally just lentils and like the smallest amount of rice and then like salt, oh. onions? But the I guess it's the onions. And like that's the thing that's like you don't realize how much flavor onions have until you eat in jetra. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh my God. Imjabara with just like what we said. And then just like a little salt and pepper and by like a little salt and pepper, like a lot of salt and then like a sour salad, a little like cool creamy leaveny in the bowl. Oh my Lord. It's so good. Anyway, moving on. So... Yeah. So after this thing, she's very excited and I love the scene. I'm really happy for her. And then, yeah, she goes and has the FaceTime with um, her mom where she says also, yeah, like her mom was just like having like a bunch of jobs trying to like raise three kids, like basically didn't eat, you know, like cut But also we are in the timeline where the Ukraine Russian war hasn't started yet but the yeah. U S news media outlets are talking about it and yeah. she doesn't know, know who to trust. So she asks her mom, like, well, what's happening? You know, and her mom's like, we're probably not going to have war, which is crazy to watch now. because they we're like, <laughs> by the way, side note is if you're up to date on these things, the Russians like basically had to like retreat out of their stronghold in Kiev. Like the Ukrainians are like kicking ass in this war. And the Russian peeps are just like abandoning their surplus and just like running away and or like dressing up, you know, in different clothes and pretending to leave or or like leaving, not pretending, very much leaving and pretending that they're not like Russian soldiers. And it's just remarkable because just on paper, like Russia is so strong and and yet like they have no military tactics at all. I mean, you know, I mean, for all intents and purposes, they should, have been able to crush Ukraine and like they I mean, have. thank
0: God they didn't. Thank God, thank God, thank they God. Didn't.
1: Thank God they didn't. No, I know, I know. God bless, God bless. It, it's like David and Goliath, fell. You know, it yeah. feels that way. Anyway. Yeah. So. And wow. so,
0: like, you, Gwen is like, you know, you shouldn't go during this time. And to me, I'm like, is Gwen watching Fox News? Is that why she's, like, so worried about this, the tensions in the war? Yeah. And I think she yes. realizes that Yara is so desperate to go home and be with people that she hasn't seen in three years so yeah she's willing to risk like if someone says nah there won't be war she's like okay i'll take my baby and go you know because she really wants to meet her peoples and like it's interesting like the yara like ukraine support or ukraine conversation that she's having and the ukraine support that natalie is not having have you noticed that i mean i don't know honestly because i don't follow either of them but the fact is, is that I could tell that Yara is like was like Ukraine, you know, did da on Instagram and like crickets over there in Natalie's camp. But I hope that Natalie's mom was OK. Mm. So she ends up going to a coffee house called the Bruhaha to have a, a, a phone conversation, a FaceTime conversation with her mom. And, you know, I just think she was really excited to go home. And so she's like crazy. She's like, you know, it's crazy to me that there could even possibly be a war. Like, haven't we evolved from monkeys to know that like that kind of behavior is stupid and inappropriate? And I thought the same thing, girl, like when they first started talking about this Ukraine-Russian war, I said, how dare Russia? Like, what are we? We don't invade countries anymore. What is happening? Thought we were past that. But apparently Putin's like, no, no, I still want what I want all oh, right
1: I'm not alone yeah no we, human beings are absolute trash i mean no the we we'll, we'll invade our brother i mean like we will enslave anyone and we'll fight our brothers you know like you know i, I mean yeah i don't know it's yeah just, whatever it is.
0: so the last couple that we're going to talk about which has i mean just the most kim bali is a bananas crazy person yeah. that needs to kind of be studied Because her, I mean, I just want to jump to her situation with Usman and this second wife. But I don't, we don't need to. So we can start off with her and Jamal going to the airport. And then her making Jamal listen to Usman's music. And then him being slightly excited that at least he actually has some songs out. And it's not just like a fake ass rapper. And so then she plays her favorite song. And then she's like, well, I want you and Usman to get along. And she's he's like, uh that is so unnecessary, mom. Like, why do you need me to be involved in your, your weird husband's situation? Chris?
1: Yeah. No, he's just seen his mom hurt a bunch. And so he says that he wants her to be happy, but also smart. I mean, Kimberly should be said You're absolutely right. Like a lot of things happen in this episode. Like she talks, when we, the go-kart conversation happens where she talks about all the things she's done. And I'm like, the hell, like, you know, and also this is a lady who like fought as you know, fought for our country, you know? So she she is she has a whole ass history that like you know we would we, you we, we might not know so uh yeah he doesn't want her to propose which no one really does and she says that it doesn't work out with usman she is never dating again we then jump to usman who's getting ready and i was just blown away when
0: she's like <laughs> i am getting ready for my 25 hour flight to nigeria and i said how much does it cost to, the to, to, to like, I'm gonna look up how long it takes to get to Nigeria. It took us 11 hours to get to the UK, right? Mm-hmm. It took us 11 hours to get to the UK. And maybe, I, maybe the maps have a skewed like where Africa is, but I'm like, if it takes 11 hours to get to the UK, why does it take longer than that to get to fucking Nigeria? Maybe there's no direct flights. So maybe she has a layover somewhere. Like where is she in San Diego? Mm-hmm.
1: She probably has two at least layovers. Like she probably flies into like London, London to... Frankenfurter, Frankenfurter to fucking whatever. And then to...
0: No, I need to know. I need to look it up because I'm not spending 20, 25 hours. Like it's 24 hours to get to Australia, which makes sense to me. Because you usually have to stop off in California in order to get gas. I'm sorry, from, from New York. Like I, this is what it is. So from New York, it's like you take the five-hour flight from... Like, it takes five hours to get from California to New York. And then it takes, like, another six hours to get from, like, New York to London. Is there not Is there not a flight from, like, the Eastern Seaboard,
1: like, just down to Nigeria? I just looked it up for you, okay, babe. There's a Delta flight that leaves San Diego. And uh, there's two Delta flights. It would leave San Diego, and then there's one stop in Atlanta, and then they're in, you're in Lagos. So one flight would be 18 hours total travel time. And another flight would be 27 hours and 30 minutes, which is probably what she took, which means that she left San Diego at 10 30 PM. And she got to Lagos 11 AM, two days later. And the round trip flight is 1200 is 1278, which is not bad. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, it's less than 2000. Yes, and it's Delta. This is <laughs> wow. not even like you're not even flying like you know, a frontier to spirit, blah blah blah, bloops, you know. Wait a minute. So she went from San Diego to
0: I mean, no, your flight thing says San Diego to Atlanta and then Atlanta directly to Lagos? Uh-huh. There well, isn't.
1: Yeah. There are flights like Delta and Air France where two stops and DTW, which is I think Dallas, or I'm not quite yes, sure. Dallas. I don't know what CDG is. Oh, Charles de Gaulle. So that would be 23 hours and 47 minutes. If that was two stops, Delta and air France. And there's also a Delta and and Virgin Atlantic where you would go, San Diego go to JFK, JFK to London Heathrow, and then London Heathrow to Nigeria. That's too long. I mean, we had a direct
0: flight from with air New
1: Zealand to London, right? Yeah. I mean, I also just, that's what I did. I There was a United flight that I took from, J, from LAX to London Heathrow. It was 11 hours. I mean, it was you nice. Know I,
0: think, I think it depends on whether or not you require time off the plane. I don't require time off the plane. I will spend a little extra money. Like when we did the Air New Zealand to London, that was a hell of a trip. I mean, like there was a time, I'm, I've talked about this before, there was a time where like, we had this like seating where we pulled it out and we got to like kind of stretch our legs out uh, below us so we didn't have to just sit upright the whole time and then there was Mm -hmm. a point where like chris went off to get some wine and i walked down the aisle and it was one of those three seater like those three aisle planes which i had never been on and I said, where is this bitch? Where she's gone to. So I like go to the bathroom. I'm looking around for Chris and I don't see her. And then I get into the bathroom. I come out, I get to her seat. Don't see her. So then I go back and I'm looking for her again. And she's in the corner, like sipping wine with some people. And like, she looks at me sheepishly like, oh, hi. <laughs> I
1: was, like, where the hell have you been? But like, I'm that's walking. what you gotta do. You gotta get up and listen. Like, yeah, look, travel tip. You need to move when you're on a plane, like do a lap or two. I mean, I always do a forward fold, you know, I don't care with my butts in someone's face, you know, like I need to get things moving. Like it's hard for me to just sit in one place. Like those seats are never comfortable. I like dry up on a plane, like, like I'm in the Mojave desert, like my whole body just like, gets rid of water like it's really really hard but anyway let's talk about whatever we're talking about which is like Kimberly and Usman Kimbali. so she gets in this plane and one thing that she's worried about, or like she's like wondering about is like is he gonna kiss me or whatever and he's also like am I gonna kiss her like I want to kiss her but like if there's two people around I might get embarrassed as Wall would say so she gets off the plane and she like runs over to him and he is standing there honey with like all the stuffed animals just like a bunch of stuffed animals
0: because he says that, oh, she always brings me gifts, so I'm going to give her gifts too. Fool. They, they made the same caliber gifts.
1: Don't she, got you any- <laughs> she got a new
0: PlayStation. She got a PlayStation and a laptop and various amounts of shirts and jewelries that have your name on it. And you're going to give her two stuffed animals? And if, uh, honestly, one of them was probably, I think, a raccoon and one was an owl. And so if that were Luis from Molly and Luis... He would have been very upset. What is that? A duck? I don't know what it is.
1: Yeah. So they do see each other. He does kiss her, which we all were like somewhat happy about, you know, like, so you really, I want the best for Kimberly and she has such a fragile self and go. And I really feel like she's a good person. If at all. I want the best for her, whatever. God bless. So um, I do think she's absolutely crazy though. So, they kiss. And then uh, they're excited to like spend some time together. The plan is they're going to have some days of fun before they go meet the parents or whatever. And they get into their hotel and the hotel's lovely. You know, like they're very pumped to be there. You know, now it's also time for her to give him gifts. He makes this comment where he's like, okay, but if it's too big, I'm not going to accept it, which is because I'm sure he got such flack about the laptop and the playstation 2 last time she does give him the things that you said like a bracelet that says his queen and her king and shirts with their faces on them you know stuff like that and also she she says the thing that i often say is that i am a gift
0: giver i'm good at it because i am able to kind of key into what a person might want based on the things that they have exhibited or shown me and mm-hmm. when I can't figure out a gift to give to somebody, I'm very angry because I'm like, what is where are my powers? Where have they gone? And so she says that her giving gifts has nothing to do with her trying to buy him love, but everything to having to do with who she is as a person. And that if she feels like she wants to give a gift to somebody, she will. And he makes a joke that, yeah, if Kimberly's gone from you for a week, she'll come back with gifts. And you know what, I'm that way too. Like, I'm going to be honest with you, the the person that I'm dating, I don't give him gifts. But every time I come to his house, I'm using I'm usually bearing something for him. Like if it's like cashews or fucking fruit from someone's garden, like I'm always bearing something like here, like the last, you know, I mean, not always, but for the most part, I'm bearing something. And it's not because I'm like, oh, I want this person to like me. It's like, oh, I'm going to their house and here's this thing and I'm going to give it to them. Mm -hmm. So she does a lot. I'm not going to buy nobody a fucking laptop and a PlayStation. But like, if there is a, you know, if there's some peaches from someone's garden, I'm gonna give it if there are some dragon fruit. I'm gonna give it Chris.
1: No, I know. I've, I've been, I've been recipient of your peaches, which is so lovely. And thank you for giving them. And yeah, definitely her love language is gifts, which is also mine, but getting them. <laughs> okay. So they also have a conversation where we like, you know, our, our relationship is, you know, hopefully is strong and I think it's going to be great for the future inshallah. So their inshallah about the relationship just seems a little more strong. It seems a little more positive than the inshallah we got from Bilal and Shai. Then we have a fun scene where they go go-karting. And at first it was confusing. They put on hair nuts that they were like cafeteria workers, but they go in these go-karts. And then we have like a Kimbali lee confessional where she's like, I'm a thrill seeker. I've jumped out of planes like multiple times. I bungee jumped. I do this. I'm like always like, you know. 72 to- <laughs> times she's jumped out of a plane.
0: That's crazy. That is a ridiculous amount. 72 times. And she's only been bungee jumping one time.
1: She must have, when well, she was in the army, it must have been like part of the thing, right? Like your thing is that you jump out of planes and you're going to like land. I don't know, honey. I don't know. I'm just making that up. This, how many times can you jump out of a plane? Isn't it expensive? I'll never jump out of a plane. Not ever. No, oh, I want to. <gasps> <sighs> disappointed
0: no, i disappointed in she is. So yeah, I mean, we, we, we do that. And she tells him, this is now, by the time we get to the go-kart, she has mentioned twice that there is something she wants to talk to him about but not now okay so they finally get to the go-karts and they sit down and he's she's like there's something i want to talk to you about but he's like well just say it god damn it just say it and so she's <laughs> like well tell me about you know where's your second wife gonna live is it are they gonna live here you know he, he's like no they're gonna live in the house in sokoto 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 sokoto, sokoto. and then she's like feeling some kind of way because that's where his family lives and he's like yeah that's where you know that's where my wife is going to live and then she's like okay well great i'll just stay in san diego and he's like no i mean what do you mean like and she's like in her confessionals yeah i may allow him to have another wife but i'm no sister wife but i'm like she's like but then i have every right to determine where or not that person's going to live that makes you the first sister wife if you feel like you should have any say about what the second wife does that makes you a sister wife. And first of all, don't talk shit about sister wives, okay? They're great people. And if you would just lean into the fact that you were gonna have a fucking sister wife, then you wouldn't have all this problem. You're the one who's trying to keep this man when you know that your eggs are nothing in your body and you know that he needs needs a family. So don't try to like get mad
1: at him. I'm just so angry about this conversation, Chris yeah you are angry i was you know what i thought it was interesting because they're having the conversation over what looks like the yummiest fruit punch you know like with one of them curly swirly straws you know they must have been like remember the go-kart track we just found we made a straw but here you go and they just like get to drink this like frozen fruit punch i wonder what it tasted like it looks so good but yeah she's crazy she like she like it's she it almost acts like she's done a whole bunch of research on the cultures of of you know nigeria and like what that means but also like doesn't seem to understand what it entails like she has made very decisive assumptions on what it will be and what it won't be for her you know she's like the first wife means i can like yeah say whatever i want and tell you what to do with the other wife like i get to make all those decisions and i don't think that's what it means and also why do you care what town of Nigeria his second wife lives in? If you are going to be living most of the time in San Diego, except that she really thought that she was never ever going to see this person, not ever. She was never in her mind. She was never going to look at that person. That she just crazy. Crazy. the mother of his kids. Well, you're gonna. Yeah. See, you're gonna. Are you gonna think? Do you, in my mind, I was like, but you're gonna. So in your mind, are you, are you gonna ever see the kids?
0: Yeah, no, she doesn't think so. Which is bananas because like he she who has the bebés makes the rules. Like he will be forever indebted to this woman who's had children with him. And you wanna live in San Diego in your little bubbit bubble, bitch. You better get your ass to Socoto and go live there with his family and that second wife so you can actually run things in the way that you think. Then she's like, oh, I'm gonna make him bleach his, his penis before he comes to me. The <sighs> idea of her being a, a, a sister wife is so abhorrent to her that you should not be with a man and allow him to have a, another wife. Absolutely, Because the truth is, is that the whole purpose of this is to have one big happy family not just him splooging some random woman in a back alley and have a baby to bring home to his mother. Like she's so rude. You don't want to meet the baby. That's a bit.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I also feel like she does. Yeah. She doesn't know why the culture dictates certain things. I'm sure he's Muslim. I think if I remember, and definitely the same with F- definitely this is true with like FDS members, fundamentalist Mormon church members, which is, the idea is the bigger the family, the closer to God, you know, like that we all exist and us living all together. And in this way is how we worship our God and how we ensure a pathway to heaven and such things. Like there are, there are like, and Mother that's too, Is obviously, that's what I'm talking about. It's why there are certain things in place. So she doesn't know what she's talking about is the whole point. So the fact that she even like asserts anything about like, well, I know the first wife gets to like, no, you don't. You don't know anything about this. You don't even want to do this. Yeah, she obviously does not want to have any other wives. She's very much like Angela that way. But like, for some reason, she's trying to talk herself into it.
0: Yeah, then and then you get she the gets mad
1: at him mm-hmm. for bringing, for talking about it. And then
0: he's like, but you brought it up. And she's like, all I said was, where is she going to live? I didn't bring it up. Bitch, That's bringing
1: it up. What the fuck are you yeah. talking about? Where is she going to live? You didn't say where you're going to live. Yeah, she. you're like saying where. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it was like that's you think gaslight. That he's just gonna, you think that he's just going to fucking
0: live with you in San Diego, living this humdrum fucking life with you and your mama, and then have his children just be raised back home? Like, Without, what are you talking about, you crazy person? Why would you even want that? As a woman who has a son and a f- baby father who was shit, why would you want your your husband to be poopy to his kids and his and his other wife? You're just
1: crazy. Poopy, wah. You're right. Wah. No, we, don't, we don't want anyone to be poopy, honey. Unless it's our individual selves, in which case we do want sometimes to be poopy, mostly in the morning when I can like be ready to go. Having said all of that... Can you believe this episode's done? Can you believe we got through it? There was no Liddy and Andre, which was sad for a while. And again, we don't talk about Pred. pred. We, someone called Big Ed Big Pred. And I think it's Mika. I forgot if, if you were listening to this, like... I forgot who said that, but it was so funny. It's on, my, it's on my YouTube channel.
0: I just kept fast forwarding and being like, why are there segments so long? And then just seeing him like a toad upon a lily pad. This man is must be uncomfortable every day of his life. Like I could just imagine that his bowels are backed up, that his belly is heavy, that he's just like sweating constantly. Like how is Liz in love with this person? I don't even know. He just
1: uh, seems like, ugh. Especially All when right. she's- of when someone doesn't have a neck and yet she picks someone that permanently doesn't have a neck. Okay. That's all I have to say about that. Having said that, thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you so much for laughing along. If you haven't yet subscribed to our podcast, you know, go ahead and think about it. And by thinking about it, let your finger actually do it. My love, give us five stars. We desperately need all of your likes, all of your engagement, all of your approval, all of your love. We're desperate for it. Listen, we are we are dealing with our own profound loneliness in life, honey. And we don't have the capacity to go like pick lovers over the sea. So just, if you are listening to this, you are the lover that Juan and I want to be our fiance with. And we need you to show your love. Okay, that's what we're saying. So thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is Sweeties, where we're having a lot of fun times. On Twitter, it's Sweeties one which we'll be thinking about having fun on there and TikTok too, but might as well join... <laughs> <laughs> it's, but you know what? Tell us, Wah, well, what would happen if you wanted to watch the live stream of us? What would you do? If
0: you wanted to watch our faces and see us mildly giggle and sweat at the whole time, you could follow us on <laughs> patreon.com slash docusweeties. It's $10 a month. I mean, right now you could be seeing a picture of her cleavage and her saggy skin, which is Angela, by the way. And you, and if there's That's another picture that you could be seeing about about where me. she- actually looks like she actually looks like one of the monsters from alien like she looks like a crazy person look at her teeth missing on the side uh, i do want her her jewelry game though like her her jewelry game to me is on point it's very 90s like swap me jewelry so that's angela by the way so yeah if you guys want to like you know support us in that way ten dollars a month please do so on Patreon and we would absolutely love you for it. I don't know. Those of you who are watching me right now, just be real relaxed. I've had some wine and I'm also no. very tired and I have more cleaning to do. So like, I don't know what my night's going to be like.
1: Well, honey, I'm going to come back to my apartment It'd be a lot of like m- m- drunk, messy cleaning and having happened. No, I'm just kidding. I was actually always on top of it when it comes to clean. I'm going to come home to a cleaner apartment than when I probably left. And I appreciate that. Well, so better do it while. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm kidding. You. No laundry,
0: I, though. I think I can't go into the laundry room anymore.
1: No, I get it. It's probably very hot. So to stay off the bed, leave it there. But having said all of that, we we love you guys so much. And we're so thankful for you. We want you to have a really fucking great week. We want you to do it to it and be the light and love that you are inside. radiated out to others. Right, Wa?
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of that. Sunshine coming out your pores and like chakras aligned and
1: spirits asantu. Namaste. Namaste.
0: (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.